Curtain going up. Curtain going up. Places, please. Officer, stand by. Ladies and gentlemen, she comes to you from the cornfields of Indiana. She loves the Constitution more than she likes most people. Allow me to introduce Shouse in the House. Okay, I'm so pumped about this. Okay, so um, the majority of, well, all of my podcast thus far has been political, and I wanted to try to kind of break away from that a little bit, because that can get exhausting if you completely bog yourself down in the politics of the world. So I saw a video the other day about somebody, it was like a group of people and they had eight people on one side and eight people on the other supporting and not supporting the the idea that the earth is flat. And I was absolutely floored that this was a movement. And I I've always seen like, you know, stuff out there, but I didn't know it was it was really real. Right. So I would love first tell me a little bit about you. How long have you believed this? Have you always believed it? How did that shift? So let's talk about that first before we start doing any sort of debate or anything. Sure, great. No, by the way, and I have to mention that that's how we all felt. Is this a thing? How is this? Is this real? That's what. Right, yeah. No, honestly, that was one of the first things that I saw about it after I had put it away. I'd seen it a few years ago for the first time. And I was like, you know, whatever, dismiss it. Right. Crazy, whatever, right? There's so many things online you could just dismiss anything kind of thing or anything can be written as it were and then i saw a thing saying oh that that was just a test of a video some guy made an anti-flatters video saying that that was just a test of your intelligence it was the video that you saw was a uh you know gullibility test kind of thing right and i was like oh that made sense to me and then i didn't i didn't see anything else about it for however long another year or two or whatever but no i i haven't always not, not by any means, <laughs> believe this. I was like everybody else. I was taught I was living on a ball, right? It's here, the globe. We all see it. I had one of those little globes. You know those, that one with the raised uh, mountains, mountain ranges on it? That yeah, yeah, yeah. globe with that. Okay, the one that everybody had. Like the most popular one, I think, anyways. I had that one. And, yeah, I mean, just like everybody, right? I went through the same system that everybody does. That We're told it's like a fact, essentially. We're not even told that we're sort of, Everything else is told, and that's just sort of a given, right? You assume. And why would you doubt it, right? Why would you deny it, all the pictures and all that kind of stuff? So, no, it was just a matter of years later that I, whatever, came across it, and eventually sort of through the context of sort of not having, whatever, that much faith in the government, let's just say, I <laughs> you know, sort of actually took a moment to stare at it for a while and think about it, and then eventually it sort of made sense to me, and I, I was like, you know, eventually you just have that moment, and you're like, oh, my goodness, that's, I believe this 100%. There's no doubt, kind of thing. And so, to be blunt, that's where I'm at. And I, I don't. So there's, I like there's like no changing your mind. You believe this earth no. that we are on is flat, and you're done. And I almost feel guilty saying that, right? You like just shouldn't feel guilty. I, I'm. No, and but, you, there's no judgment yeah. here. There's no judgment for no, me at all. I am no, so I intrigued to understand no, where you're coming from. No, I love that. And that's why we're talking in the first place, right? I mean, I, I can't yeah. get online with anybody, right? Any kind of person that takes it however way and which way and I either just sort of stop talking to them or whatever it is, right? I mean, most people are loving in the world and I'd like to think anyways and can just sort of at least appreciate the fact that somebody has a different opinion than them. But no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's 
the topic that it separates people quicker than any other topic, I would say, right? Right. It's so compelling that people either just don't know what to think about it, right, and they can't engage with it at all, or they sort of are like you and amazingly at least inquire about it, right? Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. My mind is I'm always forgetful. I go on tangents and whatnot and forget. But, yeah, no, absolutely. The, You know, I love that you're like so many people and just sort of saw this as a debate, as it were, right, and I'm not sure what to think. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like where we all were at first. So conception. So just to give you a little bit of background on on me and what like here. So I'm married. My husband, he watched a documentary about the moon landing, and he does not believe that we ever went to the moon. Like he he oh. firmly thinks that that was all staged that we did not actually go to the moon, that he, in fact, I think I would even take that a step further. He doesn't think that we've been in space at all. And <laughs> we, we've watched satellites and things like that, but like the space station, the moon, all of that stuff, he thinks that's all fake. So. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's, that's, that's it too. That's, that's part of the large context, right? That brings people right? to this. I mean, we've all had that, not all of us, I'm sorry, but, a great many people have questioned the moon landings, at least, right? I mean, sure, it's been yeah. a thing since it happened, right? I mean, there's been all kinds of tin culture or whatever, right? You know, haha, moon landings, whatever, soundstage kind of stuff, whatever, right? You know, just sure. absolutely. And and so that that understanding and me having always questioned it you know, enabled me, I suppose, to make the uh, flatter leap, as it were, or whatever. But no, that's that's amazing that he does <laughs> think that. I mean, I'm. I questioned the moon landing before, you know, well, before I, I think, thought about the flat earth And I haven't watched the documentary, so I cannot pass judgment, and I never do. You know, and it, but it does create some issues as, you know, as as minuscule as it really is. I feel like, oh, my God, we have some major first world problems if you're really arguing about whether or not we landed on the moon. But, I, it, you know, with our kids, you know, raising them and teaching them the things that we know to be true in this world – you know, I firmly believe that we went to the moon. Like, I, I very firmly believe that. So it's important for me to feel like I can teach my daughter, hey, yeah, we went to the moon. You can go to Mars if you want. You know what I mean? Like, and so right. on the other side of that, he's like, no, we didn't. The government lied. They staged it. <laughs> <laughs> Your poor kids are like, well, it's true anymore. I don't know anything. Well, I... I don't mean to sound dramatic, and I'm sort of being comedic here or whatever, but I'm so glad you're still married, right? That's whatever yeah. <laughs> you have is strong enough. That, no, seriously, you can withstand that. That's a strong marriage right there, right? You can yeah. have a fundamental <laughs> different understanding of the world and, and still live in the same house. No, that's that's so great. Yeah, I've, I mean, uh, you know, those things, it's, people can question moon landing a little more uh, in mainstream, right? I mean, you can even deny the moon landings and sort of not be seeing as, not be seen anymore as the quack, right? That's right. It's sort of not even that. It's so so like however many years it took that it sort of sinks into people's whatever. It's subconscious about this moon landing. Or maybe it's not so you know real or whatever. Maybe there's a little something whatever. And then, but then of course the flat Earth is. I, I was going to say it's a completely different subject, but it's not at all in the way that if you deny that they actually went to the moon, like that you're talking about the sort of faith in the system, whatever. That's yeah, it completely undermines the whole thing, right? Sure, if you sure. say that the moon landings are faked, then you have to question everything. And that's right. sort of where the flat earth 
comes into prominence and that people do sort of believe it right off the bat or look into it and don't sort of completely poo-poo it immediately, right? It's Right. It's well, when I told him I was having this, you know, he kind of cocked his head to the side. He's like, hmm. You know, it, like he – it was almost like he was like, well, I think they they faked the landing on the moon maybe. They faked that the Earth is round. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Right. So, no, so what we're going to do – Oh, go ahead. No, sorry, please. Go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say, so what I'd like to do in the very limited research that I've done, I mean, just from last night to today, I would like to give you maybe like the top 10 things that for me compel the idea that that the earth is round. And then you give me the flat earth opposing position for that particular argument. If that, if you right. can do that. And obviously you no, nor I, either one are experts in the subject, but would that work for you? That's perfect. That's the only thing I was going to say that I'm not an expert and you beat me to it. So there we go. That's absolutely <laughs> it. And please have at it. I'm, I'm an open book, right? I mean, that's, that's my whole thing is I'm a quote unquote truther, right? And so sure. there's no questions that should not be asked rather, right? It's, that's sort of, and uh, if I don't know anything, I'll, certainly going to be honest about it so that's i can never 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 fault the question and please i i might know it and i've i've been a flat earther back to sort of what you're saying or you're asking, asking questions about my life you know i've been a flat earther now for probably as it were uh, four years or so only and so i've but that has been enough time for me to <laughs> have <laughs> a lot, lot of yeah sure. so, yeah so i anyways my point is i uh i'm not an expert but i certainly uh have thought about like very likely anything you could ask. So please, I'm more than happy to try. The question (laughs) one is let's look at like lunar eclipses, right? So they can do like time-lapse pictures from here on earth of the moon during a lunar eclipse. And when you see as the earth moves in between the sun and the moon, the the shape that that you're visually capturing on the moon is spherical. It's rounded, right? Right. Well, the, so, right, there's a spherical element to it, right? And again, this is one of those areas that there are people who know far more than me about it. And okay. under the flat Earth model, the complete cosmology is different, right? Like we believe the sun is closer, and the stars are not even what we are told. So the sort of it requires a complete shift in possibility accepting right as it were so with these unanswered questions that i have or unanswered the answers that i don't have uh we ask more questions to sort of prove essentially what is going on or what the processes that they use how they relate to reality and if we can sort of prove all of them or disprove any element to them right in order to sort of um make sense of the bigger picture and as far as um Solar eclipses are concerned, for example, the shadow that it makes, the apparent shadow from the sun and the moon, the moon's uh, shadow cast on the earth, the shadow is smaller. The path of eclipse, the path that you see the eclipse as it travels across the world or whatever, right. is, smaller, is smaller than the shadow it would create. Okay. Apparently the moon, like the sun, is creating a shadow, right? It's behind the moon, like you said. And mm-hmm. so the shadow size is not apparently 
uh, logical <laughs> compared to how big a shadow should be. It should be at least as big as the object that creates the shadow, and okay. it's not, for example. And there's another element of there's something called the – actually, I don't even know. I forget the name. Selene or whatever. The, it's where the eclipse happens just the same, but there's the sun in the sky at the same time, and it's a different phenomenon, and, it, and they explain it a different way. It's like you can look up – a logical eclipse, and they say, well, it's the sun that does this and whatnot. But anyways, I'm not – I don't know. I'll just say I don't know, right? The eclipse is – the heavenly bodies are uh, are a mystery to me, but I do know that the processes aren't as, uh, as described anyway. Okay. That's what I'll say about it. But, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I could see it being real if in the flat earther's mindset or strategy, if – so I always like I I use a plate mentally to envision what you guys are trying to say. So when I think about a plate sitting on a table, then against the moon it would look complete like a line almost, like it would look flat. But then if you tilt that plate up on the table and you stand it up, you know, top to bottom, then I could see it would create that that rounded shape. So is the argument from the flat earthers that the earth is flat like a plate sitting on the table or a plate that's tilted up and just the rim is against the table? Does that visually make sense, what I'm trying to say? Um, I'm not sure exactly what you're getting at there, but it is. I I absolutely love the simple plate or even table analogy, right? A flat surface. That's, I mean, just to get into the the basic tenets of the – Dance of the uh, philosophy or whatever, right? Well, what right, because when you talk, I mean, when you talk about round, a plate yeah. is round. It's not a sphere, but well, if then, you take that plate and you tilt it up and just have it, just that bottom lip sitting on the on right. the table, and you shine a light against the wall on the other side of the plate, on the wall, it could still look spherical. It could still look like a, a a round shape. So that was well, what my question was: is the argument that we're actually on a plate that's standing up, or is the argument that we're on a plate that's sitting down? Does that make sense? Well, I'm, again, still not sure what you're getting at, but maybe related to the moon that we see as a circle, by the way, as opposed to a sphere, they say that we see another side of it, or there is even another side of it. They say it's a sphere, but we do see just a circle, like a projection on the wall, right? Like a, right. a plate that could be a plate that could be not a sphere, but projects a circle. Right, and then you get into the the moon's phases and the you know the straight line and the sure. and the curved classic moon look and everything. So it's really they utilize the this is sort of getting really in depth into it, but they utilize the phenomenon, right? It's causation versus correlation. We all see the same thing, and so they've adopted this deception around what we see. It all necessarily has to fit with what we see, so they have an explanation for everything necessarily, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's. It's, it just requires a whole different sort of look at it. And that is one of the hardest things to get at is to sort of conceptualize, visualize these things as we see them, like the sun that is just close, right? And the moon is this, whatever it is, I like to say perhaps piece of highly advanced technology, right? We don't know what it is. People say projection, hologram, and whatnot, and I don't know at all by any means what it is, but I just know that, for example, we haven't landed on it. They faked it, for example, right? <laughs> right. So, they, so, so they sort of put everything in your life, okay, so we didn't land on it, so then what is it? What's that light in the sky and everything? Right. And so, yeah, again, other topic just puts everything into question, I suppose. But, yeah, okay. I'm not nearly an expert on the celestial phenomenon. 
Do you believe that the Earth is rotating? I do not. Okay. I believe that. I think most of us believe that the Earth is immobile. It's it's stable. It's not moving, and the things that are moving are in the sky, right? The stars rotate in a, it, for lack of, a, lack of a better term, dome-like fashion, right? <laughs> Spinning around sure. like a mobile, like a baby in a crib watching the, the spinny thing turn around. And so we believe that, like has been uh, questioned in science, that there's no way to prove that, or we can say that we do prove it, but that there's no way that one can demonstrate that the things that the ground is spinning as opposed to the things in the sky. And that's been a thing that, you know, scientists have looked at in the years, in the last couple hundred years or whatever, right? That's a big question. How do we know that sure. the ground is moving and not the things in the sky or whatever? So that's, uh, I believe that uh, it just seems far more likely from everything that I've gathered that, that the sun and stars are spinning around us as opposed to the ground okay. rotating upside down, for example, right? So, so when I took physics, and it's been since high school, so... I don't even know if I'm saying the guy's name right, but it's like Foucault or Foucault or something like that. His pendulum experiment, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, of course. Foucault, je parle français, I speak French, but, so I, I don't know if it's oh, French. Oh, I shouldn't, I didn't, you're from Canada, of course I should have known you speak French. Yeah, well, yeah, a good, a good chunk of us anyways. I was raised in northern Ontario, so that's, there's a, a small, there's a francophone section in northern Ontario, sort of like a, relatively isolated patch there of French speaking. So anyways, but, but yeah, I, sorry, you, I, I interrupted Foucault, I believe, but I don't know exactly. I'm not sure. Okay. So his pendulum experiment is the physics experiment that is, that demonstrates the earth's rotation. So it was, it was really, it was the first experiment, I guess, to give like the simple evidence, and, I mean, if you go to, like, any science museum today, they've got them, those big pendulums where it's, like, the clock where it keeps going around. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've certainly seen those, absolutely. And the only way that that could be moving, I guess, unless <laughs> unless you believe there's a motor or something that's controlling that pendulum, and that was how it was created at that point in time, but... I mean, that has to yeah. be some level of proof, right, that the Earth is moving? Well, they, well, it's so funny because there's some of these, I like to call them old wives' tales that, that exist, right, like the toilet flushing and whatnot that sort of right. have no real basis in, they have no real basis in reality. I'll be that blunt again, right? The, the pendulum, there's even a really famous clip here. I mean, the Flat Earth community has shared all these supposed proofs and sort of exposed them all, right, and analyzed them to death. And there's a really famous one, that's, or funny one anyways, rather, I think, of a tour guide, I think it is, where they were talking about how they have to keep pushing the pendulum, the big pendulum they've got, right? And it's like, <laughs> I don't see how that, and, well, it's interesting because it puts into, I'll just be, I'll just I'm not laughing at you, it's just, it's no, funny. No, no, I'm, because... I'm, I'm with you, no, I'm with you, I trust me, I'm, a, I'm absolutely, I'm with you, laugh away, please. Um, it, it's sort of, basically, you have to think about, or what I think about, many, many of the things I think about when I think about that pendulum aspect is that, first of all, you have to say, okay, how does the pendulum move relative to the Earth spin at that specific location, right? You could do so many studies. It could be really cool. They could have a completely detailed thing with the specific movement, how it relates to whatever, right, specific time and location on the apparently spinning ball. They could have all right. those kinds of things, but but they don't. And I always think about the larger object that holds that pendulum, right? Is that not in motion as well? Like if you have a sure, pendulum on sure. a table again. 
and right? could so it counteract what the movement like, is? Of, right, yeah, exactly. no, you're like, right. Yeah. The, I don't know. The like the you have to sort of it's like as far as the scientific process is concerned, there's so many things that could be analyzed that aren't and stuff. So and it always just gets distilled down to the simple, oh, it's spinning or it's moving back and forth. Therefore, the world's spinning, right? So right. I don't know. It's it's sort of I think my explanation is that the pendulum moves specifically only by the forces acted upon it that you see, right? <laughs> it actually sure. is at rest, for example. A pendulum is at rest anywhere in the world. You could set up one outside, whatever. It doesn't even matter, right? It will stay there. It will, won't move at all until you move it. And so you could say that, for example, you could set up a big pendulum system, a pendulum test of people all around the world, supposedly spherical world, that put these pendulums, right? And they all stare at them at the same time. They all have live beads looking at each other or whatever. And if they're all not moving, when... When does one move, or do they ever? So let's say you push them all at the same rate with the same force, with a motor, some kind of calibration. Would they therefore stop at different speeds according to where they are relative to the world? Right. They would, they would have to, right? According to that theory, they would all be different. All the motion would be completely different. But in my explanation, they would all act completely identical if acted upon with the same forces, right? So I don't know. It's an interesting little uh you have all those little things that sort of add up in your mind right oh, sure and this and that. so it sort of helps to create the illusion or whatever and speaking of illusions of- that brings me to number two oh so shift okay and the horizon so okay. i just came from vacation and we went to the beach and I I know a lot, and I don't want to get too far into all of the other ones that we're going to cover, but from the video that I watched a couple of days ago, one of the arguments was that if I'm looking on the, the physicist side, the, the argument was I can only see as far as my can I my eye can see, and then when I stop being able to see it, that's the curvature of the Earth taking effect. Is the way that I understood what he was saying. And then there was yeah. another woman who said, "Yeah, until I get my, I think she was talking about like a rifle or binoculars or something," and she was like, "And then I can still see that same object. There's no curvature at that point." But aren't you giving yourself the ability to see? more distance from the same space with that same object. So, anyway, so the argument is from the scientific side, if I have um, an orange and there's like an ant or a bug or something like that crawling up the other side, it's the same concept as the, the ship in the ocean. If I understand what they're saying, they conceptually they look like they're submerged and they rise up out of the water but what's really happening is that the earth is just moving does that make sense right no absolutely i mean this is one of the biggest most commonly used apparent proofs from the ball world right that's that right. you girl the horizon that's stuck in our minds right that ship's girl the horizon that that image of sort of things just wafting into the you know, in the foreground, right? It's just sort of all, it, it curves away from you as is what you think of it maybe as happening. But I think the same process, or what I like to say is the same process is happening down known flat surfaces. If you're down a highway, right, you're driving 100 miles sure. an hour, 
and a guy zooms past you at 150 miles an hour, how long is it before you can't see him anymore? I mean, it's not long, right? Everything right. sort of, this is where we reference perspective. Everything sort of, everything to your vision from left sort of straight turns or looks rather, not describing this well at all. Well at all. If you're staring straight ahead, everything mm -hmm. to your vision, everything within sight gets smaller to your view, right? It all sort of forms a cone, right? Sure. A straight, small, straightening like a, it's perspective, like a drawing with those, you know, those. Yeah, that you used to have to do an art class where it has, like, the tall buildings on the side. Smaller, and, yeah. right, and they all turn to not, they get so small that you can't even see anything anymore. And if that's the same process that's happening down known flat surfaces as it is on the ocean, which is apparently not. And so, yeah, people talk about, it's really interesting, seeing boats disappear to the curvature, right? They say, oh, there it is, going over the curvature. And you're mentioning imaging equipment. And so people now say, well, we can zoom in on that boat. How far, until you can't see it anymore, how far is your limitation of your vision, right? So if you can see a boat, whatever it is, 20 miles, and then it it disappears to your vision, but if you do get out the imaging equipment, binoculars and whatnot, you can see it, for example, 40 kilometers away or whatever. So it's always relative to the specific atmospheric conditions and right. the specific observer, right? It's all relative to the specific observer. Under the model, under the globe model, there is a needed specific curvature, right? You mentioned mm -hmm. that orange and the ant on the ball. You can only see something from a certain distance away, or rather a maximum distance of a certain right number away. Like you, if you're an ant on a ball, you can't see the other side of the ball, right? Right. You simply can't see the object that might be plastered to the underside of the ball. And the exact same process is needed in the globe model there has to be a distance at which you can't see something. And so we've got now, it's interesting, like long-distance photography and amazing imaging that shows, shockingly, the ocean is flat like all bodies of water at rest, right? It's it's that basic. We can see much further across its surface than would be possible on the globe model. I mean, it's, again, shocking, but that's it. That's our premise. Right, there's no curvature, and that's where you get into this mysterious, magical concept of curvature. What is it even? Is it? Some people say that there are no even flat surfaces possible. That we cannot create. <laughs> it gets really weird, right? But these right. are the mental gymnastics that one has to do, and you have to think about these things. If you are to contemplate the both sides, I suppose they say, right? It's just that that everything forms this curvature, right? You just, there's gravity, it sucks everything into a spherical shape, and no matter right. what, everything forms this ball. So am I a part of that? Is a, you know, is a straight, flat board a part of this curvature? Can we ever create flat surfaces on this, you know, spherical system? And some people say that we can't even, so there's a difference in opinions about even what it is, what this curvature is. Right, is it the okay. crown that... <laughs> It curves away from you or what? Anyway, so it just brings really interesting topics into play, right, where people talk about, I don't know, Kansas and Saskatchewan and whatnot, known flat areas, right? So just in your mind, do you picture it as a, a flat, a relatively flat area of land, right, a plot of land situated on a spherical larger shape, which you probably do or most people do, or do you even picture that flatness as not even existing at all as flat and sort of slowly curving, right, if you can look away from it and yeah. get a big perspective view of it, it's not even flat at all somehow, right? There's never any flat part 
whatsoever to it, right? So, so what um, happens? Really weird. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Sorry. a way. So then what happens? Let's say I just start walking. I pull a forest gump and I, I go outside and I just start walking. And at one point, let's say I go a little further north and do this, right? So Alaska is exactly two miles across the water to Russia. If I walk, if I stand on my feet and I walk, and I maybe take a boat, or let's say that a bridge was built, and Alaska and and Russia were connected, and I take steps, and I walk, and then let's say England and the United States get connected by the by another bridge, right? And I just keep walking. Eventually, I will end up in the same place that I started. How does that happen on a flat Earth scenario? Yeah, that's that's it's at the heart of the deception and that's great you brought it up right because that's it that's the theory that if you walk in a straight line then you'll end up where you started and so that defies all logic to me in that for example in reality we could create a straight line like like an arrow right mm-hmm. the concept is not abstract in any way right it's right. a physical shape and simple and so under our theory if you do walk in a straight line, you're never going to end up where you started, right? You will end up in Antarctica, as it were, which we believe is the sort of snowy terrain circling our plate-like world, right? That's it. So it's uh, that's it, right? That's essentially at the heart of the deception. They say that you will that you're walking around the surface of the sphere and that you end up coming back to where you started, right? And so it brings into question all the elements of just that the actual trajectory trajectory um, in that airplanes fly in straight lines, we say, for example, and they say, no, that they're slowly curving down, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. how can you travel in a straight line above the surface of the sphere? You're not even attached to the surface of the sphere. Right? So what is sort of gradually, continuously making you change your orientation from at the top of a sphere, if you're straight, picture you're straight up and down, right? You're mm-hmm. staring straight ahead kind of thing compared to the underside of the sphere where you are oriented upside down compared to your original position. And so they can never explain how or sort of demonstrate in any way how you changed orientation from one fashion to the completely opposite direction, right? Oriented completely in the other direction. Right. It's the old thing. There are memes about Australia and stuff, right? There's a picture of some guy in Canada, and he's on a boat in the lake or whatever, and then Australia beside it, and everybody's upside down on the beach or whatever, right? And they say, what's going on or whatever, right? Sort of mocking the globe model, and that's essentially it. You believe, if you believe the globe model, that there aren't necessarily people positioned upside down compared to you, right? And so... Well, when you say upside, so let's let's talk about that for a second. I want to, before we go any further, I want to talk about that. So let's say that I put a piece of tape on a ball and I'm walking on that ball. The difference is that that ball is also spinning the same time that I'm walking as far as like a, a global person's mindset. So even as I'm walking... So you're saying, like, if I am on the earth, like, standing, like, up, 
technically, like, I'm same concept. I'm standing on top of a ball, right? And then you're saying, like, because at that time, someone in Australia is standing on top of the same ball on the other side, but they're, like, upside down. Is that what you're saying? Relative to you, they certainly should be, according to the theory, right? And so it's just – it's interesting to – Visualize that, right? Conceptualize that and then think about how you could demonstrate that. And it's, it's very interesting that one cannot in any way demonstrate that in reality, right? They, right. they say you're just slowly, you're slowly going upside down when you're moving to these different parts. And we just say, no, it's again on this table world that we live on. You go from one location to the other. You're moving basically in straight lines around this pond, right? This little puddle kind of thing. We're a little, Frogs on a pond kind of thing, right? And uh, you're just essentially never moving around the surface of the sphere, right? That's, again, at its heart, it's it's so weird to sort of even conceptualize that, right? The whole, I do think that the flat earth requires <laughs> most people at least a few days to even just sort of, you know, sit and think about, right? Because of the sure. discrepancy of the difference. difference like my, I already no have a headache that, from our conversation no. trying no, to, right. like, visualize the <laughs> yeah, other no. side of the coin. No, I'm sorry and I love it. I love that you're you're going there, honestly. I'm so excited that you're even engaging with me with this. Uh, well, of course. I mean, I think that that's an important thing in society in general. Too often, we look at every situation as like a bilateral, like it's either my side or your side. There's never any kind of like conversation or, or willingness to, to at least even engage in between. It's I'm not talking to you. You're crazy. You know, and and that's not fair to you because you obviously just based on our conversation right now, you firmly believe this and it's not fair for me to, I mean, that would be like a Christian looking at a Muslim and being like, man, you're so wrong. There was no prophet Muhammad. Like you, you just can't do that. And too many people, it's too easy for them to do that. Well, it certainly pools the intellect, right? If nothing else, it pools the opinions, right? There's, like a sure. shaman or whatever, there's people who just won't engage it. And then so it it really, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I've heard it referenced as a litmus test, the truth or litmus test. And I would say it's at least a an intellectual honesty litmus test, right? In that, right. for example, you engaging with me on this, I know immediately you're not whatever, a certain group of people, a certain category, whatever I could describe as different people who, let's say, are against the topic whatever, without getting into all that, but, right, and just by that, sure. alone, just by you even allowing me to have this platform, for example, I know that you're in that good person, freedom-based <laughs> sort of group, right, and that's that's always exciting for me, and that's, those are the people that I want to support in this world, and that's how I want the world to be, right? Right, like, exactly. You know, hide everything, and, you know, book burning, and, you know, see all the stuff going on nowadays, and you're like, wow, that's yeah. not a good way to go, but I don't think <laughs> okay, so number three, are you ready? I am. Star constellations. So, if the Earth was flat, then we would all see the same constellations at the same time. So, now you and I are in right. the same, you know, hemisphere. We're in the same area of the world. So, you and I would probably see relatively close to the same constellations. But... right. Flat Earth theory would state that someone in Australia and China should see the same constellations from their home right now, and we know that they don't. 
So how do flat earthers explain that? Right. Well, basically, if you picture, uh, I don't know, a stadium, right, with, as our sky, right, a dark stadium, and small lights placed in a dome-like position above everybody. Right. Everybody in that stadium will have a different view of the stars, and but it, that stadium is massive and people are spaced out and the stars are only of a certain intensity or whatnot, then there's only a certain position that certain stars are, are visible. And so it's just more of a – and, again, under the flat earth cosmology when everything is closer and, and completely sort of gets into different topics of light and sort of – I mean, they explain how we can see billions of light years away and all this kind of stuff. So it's sort of – our model is completely different, right? It's more of a uh, – Whatever the, the lights and the stars don't necessarily function nearly how we are told in that whatever light doesn't travel forever and doesn't fill up the sky. Um, I was talking to somebody about Olber's paradox recently. It's about how the light would the sky would be a uniform bright or dark relative to the description of how they say the stars are and and about the stars positions. Um, there are ones that you can see from both sides of the apparent sphere at the same time. So it sort of contradicts the globe model in that way. And we just essentially see, say that you can't see all stars from any position, right? It's essentially right. you're not in Australia, so you're not close to these stars that are spinning around in a completely different area of the world than you are, right? And so yeah. essentially you just don't see, <laughs> so don't see the same stars that everybody else does. And then, again... Um, with reference to or about these star positions, according to the globe model, we are on a spinning ball with the sun in the middle of this other spinning mechanism, right? We're spinning and we're spinning around the sun. And so the constellations that we see should change every six months completely opposite. They should revert along with the daylight hours in that if the spin is constant around one side of this path of the sun apparently, circular path around the sun. Right. In six months, we would see a different constellation, a different set of stars completely. We should, anyways, according to the globe model, and we don't because we just don't exist <laughs> under that one. So there's all these contradictions. That was a mess of uh, I'm trying to explain something, but they absolutely... So do you uh, think that the, the rate of speed with which the, uh, we'll say the stars, the 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 universe outside of the sun, out of our galaxy, I guess, out of the Milky Way. Because the stars that we're seeing are obviously further away than our own galaxy, right? Or, or within it. See, they're all all distances away, all different distances away, I believe, right? It's, they're all right. ones from here and that one's from that. Yeah. So wouldn't so, that stand a reason that the rate at which they're moving could either A, vary, or... B wouldn't match up with the six month model that 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 you guys think should be in place. Right. Is that does that make sense? Well, yeah, I'm not saying that I share that that six month model with everybody or that they would explain it exact same way. But that is a concept that we definitely share that premise, okay. anyways. But yeah, well, they well for with the stars. Notice how they do all seem to you to move uniformly, right? Mm -hmm. You see the, the star time lapses and they all move together, right? And sort of that supports the idea that as opposed to these points of light that are all in different positions, 
right. relative to our spinning chaotically sphere, right? They would they would be changing a lot more. I mean, the stars, the path of the stars, and the whatever the movement of the celestial bodies, as it were, they have never changed according to recorded history. Apparently, from what I know, anyways, right? They've always yeah. been the same. If you go drawings of the whatever, right? So. According to the GLOW model, there should be a whole bunch of changes going on, at least somewhat, right? And there should be movement between them, various speeds, and I don't know, different. You would assume sort of these are the questions you ask yourself when you're believing the GLOW model. There would be different, I don't know, looks to these things and whatnot, and who knows, things change and whatever, right? There's a big bright one here and that, but they just all seem to be, I'm just sort of deducing the theory or sort of simplifying it rather, they all seem to be, right, like a uniform moving curtain of lights, right? All just one, sure. all a dome-like thing, right? Because they do not all, they don't change position relative to each other. They sort of all just stay there and stuck in the same patterns and spin all circle around the North Pole. Right? But Which, don't you think again, that that would end up, end up being supportive of the globe argument that they're not moving and that we are? Right. Well, that's again. I guess where you just either have to say that the ground is moving or the things in the star in the sky are. And uh, again, and I, since I do they don't the, uh, change, I feel like that's that's us moving, not them. Well, I guess you could certainly look at it that way. Somehow, I yeah, it's it's at some point it's a matter of interpreting what we see. Right? Sure. You know, no, I I know. I just I, I'm now, just so, I'm yeah. trying to see it. Really, no, from I right. play devil's advocate and kind of play it from both sides. Okay. And I, no, I do see, I I, even since I was a kid, conceptually, when I would look at the stars in the sky, and when, even when you look at just the normal sky with the clouds and all that stuff, conceptually as a kid, and it's funny because I do have kids now, and my daughter has asked me, is the sun following us? Like, to a <laughs> child. Oh, it's it, so beautiful. <laughs> the the world is sitting still and everything else is moving around right. it. But right. and that's the if most logical you, thing. That's that's what we see instinctively and that happens to be the truth, right? So So but uh yeah. Like even it's, you know, we would go sit in uh did you guys have the Star Lab when you were a kid? Did, oh, I don't know if Canada so. has that. So when we were little in school, you would crawl into this it was a dome. It was something that they set up, and it would mimic the movement of the stars, and they would show us the different constellations and stuff, and that they were always constant. Nothing ever changed with them. But the movement came from the Earth rotating, not from the, the stars moving. So it's – I don't know. It's it's interesting. And, again, I, I think that I, – I just think it's so fascinating. Right. The no, next, and that's again at the heart of the deception, right, or the theory. Anyway. Sure. So the next subject is the, like, the I guess time, kind of. Like, do you believe there are different time zones, like different times of day in different parts of the world? So oh. right now, it's three o'clock in the afternoon here. Do you believe that it's almost nighttime in the other side of the hemisphere? Well, well, not sphere. Obviously, you don't think it's the hemisphere, well, but right, right, right. That's a good point about terminology, though. It sort of hints at something necessarily, whether they're not, right? But it's what I say about time zones all the time. People say, 
time zones as if it's some kind of proof of anything. And I say, well, that's an arbitrary designation. It's completely not based whatsoever on the physical world, right? You're applying a number to the time that this guy over there on the other side of the plate where it's dark because the sun is not above his head, right? He He's in the number three right now, and then number three turns into number four. And I mean, it's, right, at a chart, right. absolutely doing nothing whatsoever other than representing the 24-hour system that we've divided the day into and a pie-like chart, right, where you right. are at this place. I mean, Newfoundland has a half-an-hour time zone thing from what I remember. They're a half an hour different than the provinces around them or whatever. Why? I don't know, because they're a little bit left of another place or whatever, right? It's not – you can literally be on the line of 4 to 4.30 or whatever, right? You're straddling 4 to 4.30 and completely <laughs> arbitrary designation, right? So I just I think it's sort of not – it's what they utilize to form that image in your head, right, of a different – of that spinning ball. I think there's all these – explanations that sort of do try to reinforce that idea, right? Time sure. zones being one of them, I suppose. Yeah, no, I just well, so I, I guess I think of it, you know, like a sundial, right? That's the, the image that I put in my mind when I think of time and in, re, cool. in relation to the earth, right? So if I put a stick in the ground here at my house, and then my friend puts a stick in the ground, even just, you know, three or four states away, puts a stick in the – we could probably do this experiment together. You put a stick right. in the ground outside. <laughs> I put a stick in the ground outside. We both have cell phones. So at the exact same time, we take photographs of the position of the shadow coming from the stick in the ground that we put in the ground. So you and I right. both at the exact same time of day – we're even in the same time zone, and I would venture to argue that we would get different results as far as the shadow created by the sun. On a flat earth, right. no matter what, that shadow would be the exact same angle for both of us. On a round earth, it would vary. Yeah, well, that's what they say. Right? They, well, they I'm, that's that. what I'm saying. Like, that would be an experiment right. that well, you and I could conduct no, together right. and see how it turned there out. Right, and I'm just, I'll just quickly say that, again, to use a room of a, or analogy of a dark room, for example, if you've got a light bulb hanging in a dark room, right, mm -hmm. even if you're walking around a dark room with a light bulb, you've got a light bulb in your, right, the, the light is lighting up different. different areas of this room, the sticks, if you put little sticks on the ground, they're going to have all necessarily different shadow sizes. And shapes relative only to the position of the sun and the shadow, right? Right. So it's all just simply relative to the position of a the moving position sun. position of the light, right. analogy That you can picture. So it, it really doesn't have anything to do with the concept of whether you're on a ball or not. Shadows are still different depending on simply the location relative to the light source, in our case being the sun spinning around. So, yeah, it's just... Okay. Interesting. People mention that Aristophanes or whatever, you know, you click flat earth and it's, there's a little video of Carl Sagan. Aristophanes, 2,000 years ago, knew the Greeks were whatever, and, you know. It's like, well, the Greeks are also this and that, you know. They had that wrong and whatever, right? Just different beliefs all over. So it's sort of, you see these things as apparent proofs or whatever, and they sort of think about them really hard, you know. What is, what is he really telling me exactly or whatever, sort of.
end, sort of, it's it all falls. <laughs> right. From, but so what about, hurt. I don't know what number we're on now, but um, what about looking at other planets? So we're here on Earth, and we look at other planets, you know, through a telescope. Other planets are rotating and moving around. You can see very clearly different sides of Jupiter, Mars, things like that. So my question to you guys is, do you think Earth is the only flat planet that's in the solar system? And how did we get that way versus the other planets in our solar system? Or do you think they're all flat and you're just seeing maybe that flat side of the plate? Well, as is referenced, I mean, even if we did see a sphere in the sky, it's no proof whatsoever that we live on one as well, right? Sure. They really they associate the two things. Everything's a sphere. Everything forms a sphere in space. Everything turns into balls, and we live on one as well. And so all these ideas marry together to have you form these images in your mind that you can't escape. And one of those, one of those deceptions in the idea that everything forms a sphere is telling us that all those lights in the sky that we name Mars and Venus and whatnot are spheres that we can land on. But in reality, when the independent observer looked at them, and we've got great video nowadays, right? It's modern technology. Everybody's got right. the same stuff. They claim to have special telescopes that can do this and that. And, but, I mean, really, it's I mean, that's another topic, I suppose. But we look at them, and we see what we believe are not spherical bodies, spherical terrain far off that we can land on. We just do not believe that. Whatever it is, we've, you know, different people have different opinions, but we simply believe that it's some kind of light. Essentially, people believe it's just different different things, right? Uh, light in the sky, people believe it's whatever, light from above being shining through these see-through type stars, as it were, right? Other people believe it's based on whatever spiritual symbolism of angels and whatnot, like I'm more inclined to believe that religious sort of sense of everything is more a, some kind of highly advanced enclosure is what I call it, right? Uh, an ancient sure. highly advanced enclosure of, of unknown origins, right? It's uh, whatever. Do you think anything. more along the lines oh, of like Petri dish, like we're in, a, in an enclosed? That's closer than anything, absolutely, right? Right. Sorry if you're going to. More, so like an ant I mean, farm or something, like not right. not realistically, but like more of like a, a like a snow globe. Like we're in like the Earth is great. Absolutely, I'm with you. Okay, all, all, I love all those analogies, right? I use a fish tank and everything, right? It's whatever you want to get to <laughs> help visualize the simplicity that we can understand the shape of the terrain. It's not unknowable, right? You cannot. Necessarily, you don't have to reference these images showing the spherical world, which are demonstrably fake. It's about a simple process, a simple understanding of shape, right? It's, it's, we're not living on a globe. That's what basically we can test quite simply, right? And that everything else is sort of fill in the blanks, right? It's like a, like we don't claim to know. It's interesting. People when debating it, they always say, well, you don't have an explanation for this or that. And that, well, we're not claiming to know everything. And I know you're not saying that by any means. But it's interesting how just because we don't necessarily know something, you know, doesn't mean anything. We shouldn't jump to conclusions or whatever. Well, and, and I think that that's, you know, science has become such a, 
uh, here's my science and you should accept it. Science has never been that before. Science has always been, here's my theory, prove me wrong. And I don't know when we kind of shifted away from that. The coronavirus has brought that to my attention very significantly. It's kind of always I been like a, a, let me challenge. I mean, let's look at the scientific method. Oh. Here's my hypothesis. And then here's okay. all of my, I either prove it or I disprove it. And I don't think it's fair okay. to just say, well, if you don't have all the answers, we know you're not right. Now, again, I don't agree with you. But I do think that you certainly have some valid points, you know, like I can't answer some of your questions. I'm not an expert in the subject, but I certainly will do more research after having this conversation with you. (laughs) No, that's amazing. And you're referencing the simple fact that there is discrepancy. If nothing else, everybody, any thinking person has to admit that a person can say, hydroxychloroquine does this, and then person B says, oh, no, 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 it does this completely different thing, right? They're both apparent experts in their field or whatever, accreditation, be damned, or whatever. I mean, the analogies or the uh, extrapolation of thought goes a long way. It just shows that whoever thinks they're in charge, whoever thinks they know all the answers, generally at least (laughs) followed by somebody who claims they don't. And so... uh, yeah, it's sort of that's what is getting people about this flat topic is that people either do instinctively know that or through learning know that they can't trust the system necessarily and have to come up with their own answers or or they trust it completely and then therefore cannot even fathom it again, right? Go I'm not going to lie to you. You have seriously made me want to raise enough money to quit my job for whatever <laughs> period of time it takes and take my family and – and walk the circumference oh, of the earth, like literally, right. so I can end up in the same spot and be like, "See, I told you." <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. You have to live stream it, and we'll all get to the bottom of it, and you'll be you'll, you'll be raking in advertising dollars on your shirt from your shirts. I know. I'm not kidding. Though. I'm dead serious. That's oh, where sure. I'm at at this I'll point be- because I'm so like. Well, I can't prove it to you yet, but I really need to go do it so I can. No, listen, I'm the first person to support you, okay? I will be there with you. I'll, I mean, I'll help you. I'll do whatever I can. That's, I'm with you. I'm with uh, the problem, though, and you know that in, the, in today's <laughs> world, I would live stream it, and then I'd have to charge my phone, and people would be like, see, you didn't actually do it. <laughs> yeah, it cut out for two seconds there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, we've been on here for almost an hour, so I'm going to let you go. But thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. I really, really appreciate it. No, I appreciate your time, and I honestly thank you very much for giving me the chance to talk to you. It was really nice. For sure. And if you want to give a a plug or anything, uh, what's your um, places where people could follow you and talk to you? I know Twitter. do you have Facebook, Instagram? Please yeah, give all of your, your places. Oh, well, I'd love to at least tell people where they can find me or whatever. I'm on Twitter as Boston underscore hoax. And that's about it for now. I've got a YouTube account, but not much on there. Some crappy card game videos, and that's linked through my Twitter. But, yeah, Boston underscore hoax is my Twitter.
And at some point in time, I'm probably going to have you back on because I want to discuss that with you too, but that's not for this episode. So thank you so much again for coming on here with me. I really, really appreciate you, and I look forward to future conversations. Oh, it has been my pleasure, honestly. So uh, I look forward to a future discussion. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.